When it comes to your health, it's important to advocate for yourself. Know yourself, know what you need, and know how to get it. Welcome to HEAL, conversations to guide you toward personal growth and overall well-being. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of HEAL. Tonight, I am meeting with Colleen Mitchell. She's a life coach for women with type 1 diabetes. She's also an author, a podcast host, and a cat mom. And those of you who know me know that I'm also a cat mom to a very old man named Kramer. (laughs) So I love cat moms. Hi, Colleen. Nice to see you and nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you too. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm excited. Um, Again, for the listener, Britt's not here. I don't know if Brittany will ever come back to the podcast. Maybe we need to email her and say, when are you coming back to the podcast? (laughs) I'll tell her everyone's asking. Um, Britt's not here. She has something going on tonight, so she couldn't record with us. So I'm sorry she's not here with us, but I am certain our conversation will be just as lovely without her. Um, so you're a type one diabetes coach. I don't know that I've ever heard, well, maybe not, yeah, type one. I don't think I've ever heard of anyone who has become a coach in that area. Can you give you some information as to why you decided or um, like what's yeah. happened for you to say, yep, that's what I'm going to do with my life? So there are actually several diabetes coaches in this space, although most of them fall under health coaching or actual therapy or psychology. Um, through my coaching school, I think there's only two of us, which is astonishing. Yeah. And so my whole journey to being a coach with type one, obviously I have type one diabetes, right? I've had it since I was two years old. Wow. And how on earth does a two-year-old find out? I mean, I know they go to the doctor and they're tested, but what are the, what, (laughs) such a silly question, but how did your parent or guardian know to, um, for that to, how was that an option? I don't know so why. You, do you understand my, what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, how, how did even come about? Out? Yeah. Yeah. So my, my family was at, um, I think we were just at a friend's house or a family gathering with a friend there. My mom, yeah. one of my mom's old friends from high school or college. Mm-hmm. And that friend noticed my symptoms. Mm. So I had been peeing a lot, uh, really fatigued, lethargic. I had really, really dark circles under my eyes. Oh, interesting. And that's just the one two. thing that my grandma remembered for the rest of her life was just how dark those circles were. Wow. And that friend suggested or probably insisted at that point that they take me to the hospital. And I was diagnosed with type 1 with a blood sugar of 544. And what, really what does that mean? I'm, I have absolutely no understanding of um, that. So you don't you don't mind in, oh, of um, course not. Yeah, educating so, me, right? <laughs> I love educating. I have a podcast all about this. So Good. yes, let's um, do it. For people who have no idea what blood sugars are or what or the normal blood sugar is, a non-diabetic average blood sugar is about 83 mgdl that's just milligrams of blood of sugar per deciliter of blood right and uh doctors kind of get iffy around people when they hit 140 because that's about the threshold for type concerned. 2 diabetes yeah mm-hmm. yeah and okay. so when when a kid is diagnosed if you have a blood sugar of 544 mgdl that means you have type 1 diabetes <laughs> Okay, so is type 2 diabetes something that you can, through exercise and diet, um, 
clear up or is that that's not type one type one is type right, two so which type... can you tell us the difference between both yeah so type okay. one is autoimmune and your pancreas um like the your white let me rephrase that sure. the um immune function of your body will attack the beta cells in your pancreas so it stops okay. insulin production Got that it. means type ones cannot produce insulin uh, autoimmune type two is a metabolic condition where your pancreas still produces insulin but your body has a lot of insulin resistance and so the cells in your body can't adequately use the insulin that's producing Got so it. it's kind of unfortunate that they have the same name in it just like type one type two because underlying it all there are very different diseases yeah they sound very different yeah so type two you can typically reverse or control with exercise and diet not all the time just depends on how full-blown the insulin resistance is mm -hmm. but type one we have to take external insulin for the rest of our lives because you can't produce that through your yep. pancreas okay thank you for clearing that up for me and hopefully it helps some listeners who are unsure of the difference and i know we're talking about type 1 diabetes on this episode but i think it's important well for me to understand exactly <laughs> Right. <laughs> that means, I mean, I've heard of diabetes. I know what diabetes is, but I just didn't know the difference between the two. So thank you so much. That was very helpful. You're welcome. So at age two, you were diagnosed. Age two. And I have a friend who was diagnosed at 18 months and I've met people diagnosed all the way in between. So I think one of the oldest people I know was diagnosed in maybe late sixties, early seventies. Wow. Yeah. And like when I was growing up, my piano teacher um, was diagnosed with type one and she was in her forties when she got it. And I've been talking with multiple people recently on Instagram who are all diagnosed as adults. That's interesting. So I wonder what happened to their body that all of a sudden they couldn't produce insulin. We don't really know what the cause is. There's all sorts of speculation about it. We uh -huh. do know that the incident rate of type one diagnoses is increasing and about half of all new diagnoses are actually in adults. So it's no longer considered juvenile diabetes because I mean, it's not only kids who can get it. Right. We think in my family, at least that uh, a vaccine triggered um, like a, a predisposition to having it because my dad's side of the family has all sorts of autoimmune problems. Mm -hmm. And I just happen to get type one diabetes. Mm -hmm. But we're also seeing an increase in people reporting a type one diagnosis after they get the COVID vaccine, which is fascinating. That's interesting. That's interesting. That makes me nervous, but it's very, uh, yeah, it makes I me know. anxious. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, there are people who already have um, insulin resistance, things mm -hmm. like PCOS or things like that. And I feel like um, I hope that that wouldn't accelerate something. Autoimmunes do like to play together. So there is always a possibility that I could end up with a secondary one like PCOS or just something else that runs in my dad's side of the family. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm good with type one. I'll stick I know, here. I'm fine. <laughs> I know everything I need to know about it. I don't need to learn anything new. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even though it presents like a scary possibility of, of getting it when you have no idea that you could because of all these external circumstances, I like to remind people that it is a circumstance and no matter what the circumstance is in your life, you get to decide how you want to respond to it. Right. So we can choose to look at this uh, diagnosis with anger and frustration and resentment, or we can choose to look at it through a lens of opportunity. Like, yep. how can this condition uh, like launch me into the life that I could never have imagined otherwise? Right. Because I honestly would not go back and take away my younger self's diabetes because mm -hmm. it gave me so much just from the community and learning more about myself and learning more about health. 
and getting into like, um, like coaching people on it and helping now, them. I was going to ask you, I was yeah. going to ask you about when you were younger, was it hard to go to school and manage? What, what was that like? Well, I went to private school, so my mom was really able to be kind of a buffer and she would host these um, assemblies to just educate the entire school at one time on the fact that I had type 1 diabetes. And if you see her behaving in a certain way, please take her to the office. Yes, help her. She needs help. <laughs> and mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it was just so normal to me. I also grew up going to a diabetes camp. So I knew a ton of other kids that have type 1 diabetes. And so it it's just didn't be helpful. seem... Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't as isolated as a lot of the people I talk to now where yep. they've never met another type one in their life. So I really right. think that that exposure and that community early on really helped solidify my ability to just basically handle anything and always think that I'm I'm normal. I just have type one diabetes. Right. But I'm I'm a little worried about this COVID vaccine and this type one diabetes. <laughs> what should people okay, I'm jumping back to the present moment. <laughs> What should people be looking for if, in fact, they, um, if that happens to them? What are, as an adult, if, if they had a predisposition so, yeah. of, you know, insulin resistant stuff like PCOS um, or something like that? It's the only one so I don't really know of. The symptoms so, are all yeah. going to be the same. It's going to be you're peeing a lot, you're drinking a lot, you feel hungry all the time, but you can't seem to... Um, Feel full hunger. Yep. Yeah, you can't get satiated. You mm -hmm. can't stop drinking. You're always thirsty. You're losing a lot of weight. You're uh, lethargic. Uh, you can't concentrate. It feels like it's it's just a really big effort to pull yourself out of bed. Okay. And yeah, so all of those are classic symptoms of type. Okay. Okay. Good to know. I think I have most of them except for the weight thing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally not making light of it. I, I, I'm not concerned for myself. Um, but I'm like, yeah, when I drink a lot of water, I pee a lot and I'm always hungry. I can't. Sleep. <laughs> there's a very, there's a very, um, like a hallmark feeling in your mouth when you have a high blood sugar. It's what is that? Like, so high blood sugar is what leads to. Oh, I know what that is. What's the feeling? Oh, sorry. Yeah. So the, I was just looking at getting that. The feeling is <laughs> like you drink, you take a drink of water, but your tongue still feels dry. Interesting. So even after you swallow, your tongue will just feel so dry. Which is and why you probably just keep Which is drinking. why you keep drinking. Yep. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Good to know. I'm writing all this down. All right. <laughs> dry tongue. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So it was, I'm so glad you had all the support and, you know, such an, um, a great advocate in your mom. Um, mm -hmm. And you went to camp, which is also amazing. Um, mm -hmm. I remember, as I remember, I told you I was a teacher. There was only one child in our whole school who was a diabetic, mm -hmm. one child out of, yep. I don't know, 300. That's pretty typical. It's crazy that they're right. Only one. I would think for some reason there would be more. Um, but I do know that she felt somewhat isolated and, um, you know, having to go to the nurse and keeping an eye on her and her behavior. Um, and she couldn't walk to the nurse alone either. We'd have to make sure that we had someone with her. Uh, mm -hmm. for her safety. But um, so interesting. So as you, um, when did you decide, like, listen, I'm going to help people with this. So what happened? I know that you were listening to a podcast and you binged it, you said. So tell me <laughs> that whole story. Tell me that. Yeah. So I, I wish I could remember how I found the Life Coach School podcast, but Doesn't I found matter. it. It found you. <laughs> it found me. And I ended up binging 300 episodes in about a year and a half. Wow. And at the end of that, I joined uh, the Self-Coaching Scholars Program, which is 
in an ad at the end of every single episode. So it three, took 300 times to <laughs> hearing this to actually join it. Yeah. But going through that whole program and still being in it and getting coached every week, it really helped me understand how diabetes is not in control of how I feel. Right. And most people don't know this. Yes. They think that their blood sugars are in control of how they feel emotionally. I mean, it might determine physical symptoms, but there's a mm-hmm. big difference between feeling like you're on a roller coaster emotionally and feeling like you're on a physical blood sugar roller coaster where you're going from like 200 down to 60 and then back up again. Mm-hmm. They're very different and most people conflate the two. So when I realized that my my emotions are not determined by the actual circumstance of my diabetes, mm-hmm. that let me dig into what are my thoughts and beliefs about my diabetes. So there's a lot of mindset work with that. It's pretty much all mindset. And so that's what I'm trying to help type ones with now is separating the physical symptoms from the emotional judgments that we layer on top of it. Absolutely. And that's good for it, anyone who has a chronic um, illness, some something like that, or even just a yep. temporary illness. You know, yeah. we tend to tell the stories about how we're feeling. Um, you know, someone will say, how are you doing today? And it's just like, oh, my back. I mean, this could be for anything. <laughs> it's like, well, my back is achy, but I'm feeling great. Like, I'm fine. Things are great. You know, it's funny yeah. because I, I tend to, they probably are so annoyed by me, but I have some, you know, clients who will come here and we'll take a class together. I'll take a class with them and they'll lay down on the ground to do, we're doing sit-ups or something. And they're like, oh, I'm like, but you're good. You're strong. You're fine. Everything's fine. Like this, you know, <laughs> that, that thought of, oh, is like my body is old or I feel mm-hmm. damaged or all of that stuff. And it's like, you might have a little discomfort, but you're fine. You Something know? I found out recently is that in um, uh, in Gaelic, they describe emotions as being on you. So like good. you're wearing it. Like you're wearing sadness like a shirt. And you can take sadness off because yep. it's not part of you. It's just on you. Right. So sadness is on me today or guilt is on me today. I and that just that. lets makes it so much easier to let it go and like take off the emotion. That's right. That's a good reminder. I'm going to bring that up next time I'm with my friends taking a class here. (laughs) Because, you know, we're all achy and, you know, it's hard to get up off the floor at our age, but (laughs) we're we're able to. So do it. Yeah. All right. So you binge this podcast for three. I can't believe you listened to 300 episodes. Well, I mean, it's over 400 episodes now and I'm constant with it. So that's awesome. (laughs) It paid off. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. And you took so this that, program. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I took the program. I was in self-coaching scholars for a full year before I enrolled in their coach certification program. And that's when things really started rolling. And from the beginning, I always had this desire to help people with type one. And part of my journey through the coaching process of getting coached was believing that I had to have some kind of credential, like medical credential to help people and realized over time that I don't because I have almost 27 years of lived experience experience with it. Yep. And if I'm not giving medical advice, then that's really where my power is in the mindset piece and the experience piece and helping people figure out for themselves what's the best course of action. Right. And if anything medical comes up, it always goes back to the doctor. Right. And you can really only speak from your experience with anything. Yeah. No matter what kind of coach um, you are, you know? Yeah. Yeah, one of my big things is advocating for experimentation. So what works for me will probably not work for somebody else. Mm -hmm. So I talk a lot about eating low carb and going on 52 hikes this year to figure out all of my blood sugars related to that. But if 
somebody else tries to do exactly what I'm doing, they're not going to get the same results. They may so you not. have to figure right. out for yourself. Yeah. Right. And it also makes people more aware of how they are, how their body is responding individually to the mm -hmm. insulin, the blood sugar and all of that, and the exercise yep. and the food intake. Um, Cause you're right. Every body is different and your experiences would be completely different from each other. Yeah. That's so interesting. So what kind of, um, so you coach people on the mindset. What else comes mm -hmm. up during a session? What are some of the other things that you can help them with? Literally anything. <laughs> That's actually the power of the the certification that I went through is that I have a tool that can literally help anybody anybody on anything. Yeah. And all of those other issues are going to come up with somebody who has type 1. So we don't just talk about the innate type 1 diabetes issues because there are things that are going to happen with your relationships that'll impact your blood sugars or there will be stress at work that impacts um, how you manage your type 1 diabetes or a friend will have said something maybe insensitive that they're reacting to so it all like all of them like everything that somebody deals with in their life overall it's all going to come into the coaching relationship because mm -hmm. when we get down to it coaching is coaching it's not coaching it on very specific boxed things no in that's exactly right it is that's right yeah so i just said that like you can go you could coach anyone it doesn't have to be just mm -hmm someone with diabetes I think that your expertise is there of course but it doesn't mean that um so I'm just saying that again out loud for people who are listening um you know she's almost like a just a mindset coach <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean I, I also coach authors <laughs> oh which really yeah well, you so are an author yeah it, yeah so I have like uh two kind of sides of my business one of them I just, I'm just a contract coach for my uh, my own book editor in her yep. programs mm -hmm. and I see so many non-writing related issues with my with my authors and it's going to be the same thing with with people who have type 1 diabetes mm -hmm. there's going to be so many non-diabetes related issues that come up during a coaching session that's right so you also help authors um do you help authors I know this wasn't supposed to be part of the podcast but I'm asking anyways <laughs> Do you help authors who write in the genre that you write or any? Um, fiction authors. So I don't do nonfiction. It's taking people who have a first draft to published within about a year without all the drama. Wow. There's so much drama. It's in self-published. I, I don't do traditional publishing. What? My sister wants to write a book. She just had a really oh, great man. idea. <laughs> And we I've been on, like, we're on each other and she's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to start it. I'm going to start researching. I'm going to do it. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Okay, well, I have go. the program for her. It's called the 60 Day Novel Writing Challenge. And our next official round starts on October 1st. I wonder if she'll do that. Novel Writing Challenge. How does she, how does she, um. Just Google that and it'll take you right to the page. Did you say November 1st or October 1st? October 1st. I would, I would say right now that I'd text her, but you know how well I multitask. <laughs> I'll do that when I'm done. <laughs> yep. That's great. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if she'll do that. Um, during COVID, I, I uh, actually signed up for something very similar, but I'm a, not a, I'm not a um, fiction story writer. I am more of a nonfiction um, reader and writer. I mean, mm -hmm. I, yeah. So that's, oh my gosh, she's going to be so excited. Okay. I think that we people meet for a reason. So this might be it for her. It's exciting. <laughs> All right. So tell us about your podcast. Yeah. My podcast is called This Is Type 1. It's about type 1 diabetes, obviously. I have a co-host who is in college right now. She's going to be, oh, she's turning 20 this year. Which oh, is my gosh. So she's a baby. I yeah. know. 
my wonderful <laughs> co-host Jesse. But um, as of this recording today, we've released tomorrow will be 157 episodes. Wow, that's so, fabulous! That's yeah, great. So we've been doing this for almost three years now, and we've had over 60 guests on the show just to tell us their experience about type one diabetes and. It's been really fun. It's been a learning process and it's just been an amazing growth process for the both of us. That's great. So no matter what, even though you, I think I probably say this a lot on my podcast, but you know, part of um, HEAL is the education piece. And even if you are an expert in type one diabetes or you know how to coach someone with type one diabetes or authors for that matter, there's still Mm -hmm. so much that we can learn as just people. And I think it's important to continue to want to learn. And the fact that you learn so much from your guests um, on that podcast, and I bet you learn a lot from your clients too. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just really important to keep digging and deep and learning and um, cause the more that we learn not only helps us, but it also helps our clients. So I think it's important. Yeah. Um, I do have right. a, a little bit of a disclaimer there is that yes. I am not an expert in diabetes. <laughs> I'm an expert in my I am not diabetes. an expert in anything either. Yeah. Just, yeah, <laughs> I am just, you know, yeah. Expert in my experiences with, yeah. you know, that. Yeah. But yeah. I want to help people become their own experts in their diabetes. And so I they don't rely on other people outside of themselves. That's right. And that's the most important thing. Like we had said earlier, you know how you feel and it might be different about how, when you feel, when your blood sugars get high, low or whatever. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. So you have podcast host. This is type one an author. Do you want to talk a little bit about your book that you were, that you wrote? Sure. Or? All right. I tell mean, us. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's a young adult fantasy. I like describing it as a mashup of Harry Potter, the Chronicles of Narnia, and King Arthur. So if you're into any of those, guess my who book I guess who you. I know who was into all of that, Brittany. <laughs> she is, but also my sister. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, the it's a the core series is four books. I've uh, published book one, working on book two right now called The Chronicles of Talam. Book one is called Mark of Stars. And that one is about an 18-year-old girl discovering she has magic on her birthday and having to go through a portal to another world and immediately break a curse before it kills everybody. I think that sounds so cool. (laughs) I can't wait to tell my sister. She's going to be like, oh my God. And Brittany's going to be so bummed that she's not here to talk to you about (laughs) all of that stuff. Um, Because... Quite frankly, my sister Kathy would take Brittany when she was young. Um, every time that a Harry Potter book was released, they'd go to the midnight release at Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. Those two would do that. That was their thing. <laughs> I never Those went. Midnight releases were awesome. Yeah. And she was done with the book in day, like two days later, done. Oh, I don't know how she did it. Um, when when the yeah. seventh book came out, we were on a road trip and we yeah. actually had to stop at a Walmart and get two copies so that me and my sister wouldn't fight over them. And then we race each other to finish. Oh, that's so funny. What a great thing to do. Like, I know. <laughs> I'm so grateful because Brittany loved reading already to begin with. But when kids find a really good book and in, in a genre or a topic that they love, they just devour them. And I just think mm-hmm. it's so wonderful. Um, such a great uh, hobby to have. All right. So tell me. In your program, uh, in your coaching, do you have a program? Do you just follow along with the life coaching that the training that you had, or is there? Do you have your own little program that you created? What is it like if someone were to sign on with you? 
So I can do one-on-one with any type 1 diabetic who just wants to get a better handle on their emotions around diabetes, and that's like a six-month program. Yeah. And I also am working on building right now a group kind of uh, membership community yeah. where it'd be three months you're locked in, and then after that you can renew for every month just to continue staying with the community. Yeah. That is in the very bare bones at the moment. So yeah. first time that it's being announced, hopefully by the time Woo-hoo! that this <laughs> podcast comes out, it'll be a little bit more... Uh, established, but that is in the works. That's excellent. Well, congratulations. Is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners before we just, um, yeah, don't be um, like, don't get caught up in all of the fear around something possibly happening. Right. You have the, the tools to figure things out and you can Google anything. So if you end up being diagnosed with type one, Please remember this podcast episode and come find me, come find my podcast, come find the community because we are all here to support you no matter what happens. Absolutely. And you know what? That was so nice. And I will put all of your information in the podcast notes, but would you like to quickly mention um, how they can find you if they want to catch you on social media real quick? And again, I'll have all the spelling and everything there for people. um, So you don't have to pull over and write anything if you're driving. Um, But but maybe Colleen, if you could just tell them, you know, like if I'm, uh, if they're on Facebook or Instagram, where they can find you. Yep, the easiest place to find me on social media would be Instagram, and my handle is at Inspired Forward. Excellent. All one word. All one word. Excellent. Thank you. Now, is there anything else you want to share with the listener before I ask you my three questions? Nope. Let's dive in. Okay. This should be easy for you. <laughs> when you are at your most peaceful, what is it that you're doing? Hmm. Watching the rain. Ooh, I love the rain. I like listening to the rain. Um, I especially like it when it rains out of nowhere and <laughs> the rain drops are like fat. Yeah, That's my, my favorite, favorite is is sitting uh, on a, on the porch during a thunderstorm. Oh, Brittany likes that too. You guys would get along so well. <laughs> oh, Brittany, you missed out. All right. Now, I know you're a coach, but you're also an author. So this might be a tricky question for you. Um, but if you were to recommend a life-changing book for either your clients or just a friend, Again, this could go either way with you, and that's okay. It does not matter. Um, Which would you recommend? The Gap and the Gain by Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan. What's that about? That one is about how we tend to focus on the distance between where we are presently and our goal, instead of focusing on how much we've improved from where we were in the past to where we are now. That's great. So if we focus on the gap instead of how much we've gained, then we're losing out. That's so amazing. Oh, I can't wait to look at that one. And then if money wasn't an object, what would you be doing? Uh, Full-time coaching, full-time writing. Awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) And I'm sure you will be. If you're not, like, if you're close to it, I'm sure you will be soon. (laughs) Um, That's great. And thank you so much for the information about type 1 diabetes, because that was helpful for me. Um, Thank you for the information about the 60-day novel writing, which is called, I'm going to promote it again, the 60-day novel writing challenge. Now, I know this episode is coming out on September, the end, right at the end of September. So I don't know that it'll be, we can still include it in the podcast notes if you want to just, 
because yeah. um, it, it, so my editor made it so you can actually start the challenge at any time. Okay, good. But we run it four times a year with um, like a launch period so that people can do it together. So if you want to do it together, then you can either start October 1st, go through November 30th with us, or the next round after that would be July, uh, January 1st. Okay. But anytime you can start the program. Yep. And we also have a free Facebook group. And as part of that Facebook group, you can join a weekly virtual write-in on Sundays, and you don't have to be part of the actual challenge to join, to join that. That's so cool. All right. I'm going to share that with my sister at the very least. Um, and it, Colleen, if you don't mind sharing that information to like sending yeah, I'll send it to me, I'll, I'll add that too. Um, Cause that would be great. I think for anyone, because, you know, someone might tune in and hurt, learn about diabetes, but they might actually want to really hear about this book writing. <laughs> right. <laughs> you just never know. All right. Well, thank you so much. It has really been nice to talk to you. It was nice it's to learn a little bit you. more today. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Um, and what's your cat's name? Luna after Luna oh. Lovegood and Harry Potter. Oh, jeez. See, I wouldn't <laughs> know that. I should know that though. I'm, I'm such a bad mom. <laughs> Brittany would know that. I'm going through her closet, um, her at home. She's 30, so she's not at home. Um, not that that if she was at home, that would be great. I wish she was at home, but she's not at home. So I'm going through her, um, going through her closet, and we found the broom um, called I want to say Thunderbolt, Firebolt, Firebolt. Does that sound familiar? It's the Firebolt. <laughs> And I have her wand, which is her, a, a replica, because it's not the real one, of Hermione's wand. It's in a nice case with a ribbon. Um, and I'm like, Brittany, what would you like me to do with these things? <laughs> I can't believe we still have them. Anyways, just a little side note, Harry Potter side note. Um, anyone want a broom? <laughs> Just kidding. Really, truly, it's been so nice to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. And everyone else, I'll be back in a sec. If you're in the Mansfield, Massachusetts area and are looking for a space for yoga, meditation, great workshops, and life coaching support, check out Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. Mainstream even has a couple of virtual options if you don't live close by. Check out their offerings at MainstreamMeditation.com. You can also follow Mainstream Coaching and Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. The name is Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. And here I am. I am back. Just came back to say one more time, thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited that you enjoy this podcast and keep coming back for more. We can't wait to see you next time, but until then, may you be happy, healthy, safe, and live a life that's filled with ease. Thank you. Bye.